0: Alright, here we are with The Gut Check Project, episode 29, a super special episode because we have a guest co-host. Eric Rieger was unavailable, and so uh, we have a guest co-host today. It is Dr. Doug Wan, who's here. Welcome to the studio, my friend.
1: Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, Truly an honor.
0: Well, I think that uh, this is gonna be a really really cool show. You're doing a lot of functional things You're really big into treating the whole person your background. I think is really cool I am gonna warn you though. I hope you're a a pretty smart guy cuz Eric's a smart guy You got some big shoes to fill in so (laughs) why don't we at least find out like if you're you know Like where you actually came from and everything tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. Um I'm from South Korea. I immigrated to uh, Irving, Texas when I was 11 years old and uh, went to elementary, middle school and high school in Irving, MacArthur High School called Cardinals. And then after that, I went to uh, Northwestern University, Um I majored in biology and biomedical engineering and then went to uh, medical school at UTMB uh, in Galveston. And uh, once I was done with the medical school, I uh, pursued orthopedic surgery. Um, at at Washington University in St. Louis and did a spine surgery fellowship uh, in Michigan. And then came right back to uh, Irving, Texas uh, to treat my friends and family members and my local community, um, the Irving, um, the city that I love. um, And went back to it
0: and um, been there ever since. Um, yeah, you're way smarter than Eric. Yeah. <laughs> of course, right now he's probably arguing, I didn't hear anything about Texas tech. So, you, you know, so in his mind, if you didn't go to Texas tech, you're yeah. not nearly as smart, but I guess you did say a few other things, Northwestern, mm-hmm. double major biology, biomedical engineering and everything. So yeah, I think that, I think this show is going to be really great. What I want to do with this show today you, have, you and I have very similar passions. We're re- really big into uh, the functional medicine side of things. I want to cover some anti-aging stuff. I want to talk about how uh, supplements and nutrients can actually uh, augment a lot of these different things. Talk about your past. Now, you are one of the most accomplished uh, orthopedic spine surgeons. And I, can, I have to pick your brain. Before we even jump in, I was actually talking to a very difficult patient of mine, and I wanted to throw out a disease and just see if you've ever dealt with any of this. Sure. I believe that we have somebody who is smoldering into ankylosing spondylitis. Mm -hmm. Now, this actually happened to one of our coworkers, but now I'm treating somebody who's acting a lot like she did. She spent about two years just sort of, you knew something wasn't right, and then pow, it just kind of all popped up. Have you had some experience with autoimmune diseases and stuff like that, specifically AS, ankylosing spondylitis? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh,
1: in our spine clinic, we used to see a lot of patients with ankylosing spondylitis. And then also patients uh, who didn't quite have the, the conditions, but they were HLA 27 positive, And they were brewing the, the different types of symptoms and conditions. And then we also deal with, because I also deal with lifestyle medicine. We've actually seen a lot of different kinds of patients with autoimmune disease, and what we usually tell patients is that your uh, genetics and gene may load the gun, but you actually pull the trigger through your nutrition and lifestyle.
0: I like how you say that. Yeah, totally. Um, so one of the things, and I just want to get this out of the way, that uh, you you're a very accomplished orthopedic surgeon. You're currently involved in a little bit of a legal situation that you're appealing. Mm-hmm. What I think is amazing what you have done is because you have to put your surgical practice on hold for a little bit, Yes, you have shifted and have still taken on the role of being a doctor, helping people, and being an educator. You have not slowed down at all. You are the embodiment of resilience, of moving <laughs> through. I, I'm super. I think that's really, really neat. And why did you decide to kind of shift gears? I mean, you were going from scalpel, yep. and I get that you have to take a little break from that. But a lot of people, like you, would just say, "Well, I'll use this as a break to go tour the world and say hi to things." And you went, no, nah, I'm going to use this as my opportunity to help more people."
1: Thank you. Uh, you know, helping people and making a big impact was my passion. That is the reason why I went into medicine. I went into medicine because you know my father suffered from back, uh, and he had four back surgeries. And his life was ruined for about thirty years with severe pain, and in, in life you come up with so many different challenges. Either you can crumble, or or, or decide to just um, sit back, and then um, the life continue to punch you. Or you can stand back, you know, stand up again, and continue to move on forward. And what got me going was as long as I can make an impact and help all the patients. And my passion was biohacking, which I've been doing all my life. And uh, what I realized was that in, in medical school, we really didn't learn how to cure the disease. We learned to manage the disease. And through this experience, I really learned how to better manage, and then in many instances, and cure the patients. And uh, wanted to continue to make an impact and help patients. That's what gets me going. And that's what's getting me up every single morning. And no matter what anybody says, as long as I feel good about you know what I'm doing and continue to to practice medicine in different way uh, through health coaching, and um, you know, even um, approaching, and these days, I also teach a lot of doctors in Africa how to treat chronic uh, disease.
0: You teach doctors in Africa? Yes. Okay, I got a segue <laughs> out of that for a second. Yeah. What? Yeah. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, so I, I came in contact with a physician uh, who was really into preventive medicine. He's a personal doctor to the president of Cameroon. In Africa right now, they're facing so many different chronic disease. In the past, uh, before the, the Africa became developed, there was no such a thing as heart disease, cancer, diabetes, or obesity. But as the countries are becoming wealthier and countries are becoming more developed, they're now uh, importing American disease, such as heart disease, diabetes, cancer, Alzheimer's. And they obviously can't afford to um, uh, treat the patients with American medicine. Um, So they're looking for ways to treat the patients naturally. And also the citizens, uh, most of the people in Africa, are still hesitant about modern medicine. And so uh, we got in contact through a mutual friend, and uh, we decided to to teach the the physicians there how to reverse the disease naturally, and then also importantly, to, to prevent them.
0: Wow, and so are you doing some sort of Zoom with them? Do you have a lecture series? How are you doing this?
1: Yeah, so every Saturday morning, uh, I connect through them uh, through a Zoom meeting. Um, thank goodness for technology. I don't have to physically be in Africa. I would love to visit uh, the continent uh, uh, sometime soon. Um, when things free up, Uh, but uh, utilizing the technology, uh, we provide the lectures um, mostly to physicians, but also just about anyone who's interested, and we open it up to the whole community. And uh, at one point, we had um, people from seven different countries connecting, uh, seven different countries in Africa.
0: Oh, wow. That is that is fantastic. Yeah. So even before you had to kind of take this little hiatus from actually cutting on people and doing spine surgery, you've been thinking about this for a long time. You've been working towards the uh, changing changing the disease progress. You made a living for many years taking care of the end problem of people having mm-hmm. wearing their bodies down. Then you, as a spine surgeon, go in and you take away their pain and you help them. But even then, you were thinking, hey, what can we do to prevent this?
1: Yes, oh, absolutely. So we've been giving free seminars on how to prevent and reverse a chronic disease naturally for about three years. Uh, I initially did not necessarily want to give the seminars myself. I'm not a good public speaker, and so I wanted to set up the infrastructure and then invited one of the physicians to do it. And he did it you know, a couple times, but uh, took a, you know, took him away from the family, and it takes a lot of effort to prepare different topics. So I thought this was so important. And as you know, when we were in medical school, uh, maybe we had an hour or two uh, hours of lectures of um, uh, nutrition and uh, how to reverse the disease naturally. Well, actually, we didn't learn anything about how to reverse the disease naturally in medical school. We learned how to just manage the disease. Um, And so once I saw the light, I said, I have to share this information with everyone, as it's, many people as possible.
0: Even as a gastroenterologist, when I trained as a fellow, it is called the Division of Gastroenterology and Nutrition, and I think we got like a half hour a week yeah. on nutrition. Wow. Even though the, it's supposed they split the title, yeah. gastroenterology and nutrition. Uh-uh.
1: Yeah, and look at the hospital, you know, once I had a patient uh, after a very big surgery and um, he had a mild uh, MI, you know, mild heart attack, and the next morning when I went up to the uh, patient's floor, patient had eggs, bacon, cheese uh, for breakfast and lunch. I said, "This is wrong." And then go to any hospitals, whether it's Dallas or anywhere else. Look, go to the cafeteria. The hospitals uh, are serving disease-causing food in their cafeteria and to the patients. I said, "This is wrong, right? That is the true crime." And I said, "You know, it was one of our mission to to really empower the people and teach people how to prevent and reverse the disease themselves."
0: We should do a video where you actually come to my hospital to the doctors' lounge. They give free food to the doctors. Mm-hmm. You walk around that doctor's lounge. There's bags of M and M's. I've taken pictures of this. There's yeah. M and M's. There's this is really funny. There's actually bowls of like yeah. gummy bears, yeah. and I'll watch and people will just go by and just grab a handful and start <laughs> eating on the way out. And I'm like, there's so many things wrong with that. Not just the food, but yeah. a lot of hands have been in that bowl. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, actually, I got in trouble with the, one of the hospitals uh, here uh, locally in Dallas. I actually took a picture of what they were serving at the doctor's lounge. Mm and then it on the social media, oh. and then I got called into the principal's office, <laughs> the hospital CEO. <laughs>
0: um, oh, before we get called into the principal's office, since um, I'm not good at this part, this is what Eric does real well. One thing, disclaimer, both um, Dr. Juan and myself are real doctors, yet this is not intended to treat anybody or give any medical advice. If you have that unusual rash or joint pain or anything, this is not here to cure or treat you but this could help cure whatever it is or not or at least reverse what's going on by lifestyle changes not through medical advice and the other thing that we always need to do is really give love to our sponsors our sponsors Teal, my baby my little polyphenol complex which we're going to get into a lot of stuff about this because dr. Juan is a whole food plant-based doctor and those vegetables all have polyphenols similar to what we have in Atrontiel And we do know that that actually can work like the Mediterranean diet and do all different kinds of things. And, of course, the KBMD Health CBD. I'm a big fan of cannabidiol. We get into the science of it. We're going to learn more and more. I don't know if you've gotten too much into that. But the one thing that we talk about a lot, Mm because I start meeting scientists, like we have discussed before, when you have – when doctors say there's no science and then you're meeting the bench researchers that are out there, mm-hmm. there's going to be a field. Like, you're an orthopedic spine surgeon. You're a subspecialty of a subspecialty. Yeah. I'm a gastroenterologist. I'm a subspecialty of a subspecialty. Um, I guess yours is sub, sub, sub because you did spine after orthopedics. Yeah. yeah so you're, you're, you're next level, even though you didn't yeah. go to Texas Tech. We're going to forgive you for that one. Thank you. Yeah. That's, this is just for Eric because he gets so upset if we don't discuss that. But... Um, even when you're sitting there as a sub, sub specialist, we've got um, all these people with knowledge in other fields mm-hmm. that then you start realizing you could be a sub, sub specialist. So I've met researchers that I call endocannabinologists because they understand so much on a molecular basis yes. of the endocannabinoid system, which I think eventually we're going to get to. But I think all of it gets corrected if you eat right and live the right lifestyle. So, our little disclaimers go to atrantil.com or go to kbmdhealth of uh .com and take a look at the cbd so that's usually eric does that a whole lot smoother that's not really my, my i thing, think you did we great we have to get out of there so <laughs> <laughs> all right getting back to you because i this is a rare opportunity to have somebody with both your background your your skill set and now this this continual pursuit this continual change um, i'm very similar like you i've realized at this stage in my life that moving forward Mm. is what keeps me happy. Yeah. Um, Always trying to see, okay, what what can we do? What can we do for the next thing? What can we do for the next level? Um, I try to always talk about a a recent news article or something, and I want to bring this up. Sure. Not to put you on the spot. Dr. Juan, how old are you? I am 48 years old. You don't look it. 48 years old. Awesome. An article just came out out of the National Bureau of Economic Research which takes on the myth that life begins at age 40. Mm-hmm. This is kind of interesting. According to this very large study, that they looked at over 257 different countries, different socioeconomic stages and all that, fascinating that you're saying that Africa is now getting these Western diseases? Yes. So it's 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 impervious. The everybody, The whole world is having the same crisis that I think we face. We just got there a little quicker than everybody else. Oh, absolutely. What they looked at is that uh, there is a U-shaped curve for happiness, and as it turns out, it bottoms out at age 47.2. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is that there's a lot of people, and they were trying to figure out why. Is it genetics? Is it that the stressors are too much? Is it that disease starts setting in right about then? You start realizing your own mortality and all these other things. They don't know exactly why, but they were able to account for education, marital status, all these things. And they did show that although it bottoms out, by 48, 49, people are able to find their way out, and they can usually do it through community and through purpose. Yes. So both you and I are beyond that now. So now we're into the (laughs) happiness zone. And I think that you've done exactly that. You get through a little curveball, and you're like, I'm just going to keep moving. Yes. And I'm going to do this through community and purpose. And what it sounds like is that the first thing you did is say, I'm going to give free lectures mm-hmm. tell me about that
1: yeah so we've been hosting a free seminar uh, teaching people how to prevent and reverse their chronic disease and through whole food plant-based nutrition and there's a it's not just the nutrition itself but it's a whole a lifestyle and that's why we don't like to call it you know plant-based diet it's a plant-based nutrition uh, and and lifestyle. And what I realized was I started going into plant-based once uh, I lost a few of my colleagues to to cancer, their physicians, and I myself uh, always thought, hey, uh, you know, there's a chance that I might die uh, from cancer. The reason for that is because I've done a tremendous amount of minimally invasive surgery and used two intraoperative x-ray machines. And... uh, um, and got significant amount of radiation Can exposure. You
0: just explain real quick, minimally invasive, and why you would have to be using yeah. an X-ray machine.
1: So, a traditional spine surgery, you would make a big incision, right, and then open up the spine, take away the you know the fat, the fascia, and then muscle, and then strip all of them off, and gain access to the spine. the whole concept of minimally invasive surgery is not disrupting the soft tissue. You would make a very small incision and then utilizing the the x-ray machine at the time. Now these days, you can use imaging guidance with minimal amount of radiation. But when we were first starting out 15 years ago, it was a typical x-ray machine. We were protected with lead, but still we got a lot of exposure to radiation. So I used to joke around saying, I'll probably die of cancer someday. But what I realized was that I don't want to die of cancer who, d- who does <laughs> so I started doing just a lot of research how to prevent cancer and I just you know went through about a thousand different papers uh, scientific papers I realized we all have cancer cells every single one of us have cancer cells so we have cancer so when we're diagnosed with cancer is a clinically significant cancer that we t- which we can prevent and in many times and reverse even the study from the MD Anderson st- st- um, uh, study showed that number one cause of a cancer, was diet, number two was the tobacco, number three is obesity, which leads back to the diet, right? Mm-hmm. And then the genetics makes up the smallest percentage, you know, uh, no more than five
0: to 10%. So we actually have the control. Use your analogy one more time with the gun, I like that.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the gene or genetic loads the gun, and then the diet and lifestyle pulls the trigger. And so, and we now, uh, with better understanding of epigenetics, the, the, the genes are like the light switches. Depending on our nutrition and lifestyle, we actually have the ability to turn them on and turn them off. So so uh, through that approach, I, I discovered whole food plant-based nutrition, which has worked wonders for me. Instantaneously, within six weeks, I lost about you know, uh, 25 pounds. You know, after age 40, they said if you do exactly the same activities level, eat the same thing, you're going to gain about a pound or two every single year. If you, you know, then within 10 years, that's an additional 20 pounds.
0: And so uh, starting 40. So uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just want to clarify this yeah. one thing. You chose to go plant-based whole foods based on the thousands of articles that you researched. Yes. So you were not like watching Netflix and said, I'm going to, uh, <laughs> I'm going to follow this, what the health diet, or I'm going to do the game changers. This is based, you were not yeah. influenced. You did it all on your own.
1: Yeah. Correct? T- so I actually did it uh, before all those, uh, the documentaries came out and uh, the, the researchers were there. And and uh, what happened was one of my friend uh, from medical school, uh, he came to visit me one time and then he gave me a book uh, called China Study. And I thought maybe because he knew that I was also into business, this was about economics book, I didn't even see the cover. And then I kind of put it in the bookshelf and I forgot about it for a long time. And then when once I started doing the research, there's a, the China Study kept on coming up and then I said, Wait a minute. I think I have a book called China Study, by, written by Dr. Campbell uh, from Cornell. And then I pulled it out, read it cover to cover, uh, along with other studies, and then realized you can actually reverse the disease. And this has been the study has been going on. Uh, you know, there's been studies since you know 1950s, and um, so I was convinced. I said, you know what? I'm going to do this for myself. And without even trying, uh, the first thing I did was, weight is you know, important, but not the most important thing, but I instantaneously lost 25 pounds. And um, I was back at the, the weight when I was in high school. And you haven't seen many, you know, you don't, you know most people think oh, there's not too many um, you know, overweight or obese Asians. Well, in America, there are there are plenty, right? Not, not, maybe not in Asia, and I was becoming one of them. Uh, and so, instantaneously, I was back into my high school weight, and then um, I started exercising on a regular basis, and I felt so much better. And now I am, uh, I feel better and stronger than when I was in high school. Um, and until about you know three years ago, I couldn't even do a single pull up. And and now I, I can do quite a bit. And my goal is by the time uh, I'm 50, I'm gonna be able to do a muscle up.
0: Oh yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Uh, well, I got to actually Eric's super into CrossFit, so he can he can teach you the the whole technique on that. That's a that would be great. Yeah, we can sit there and do that. It was on the, um, last week's show or the week before. We actually discussed the fact that uh, when. Coke really started penetrating China. That's really when their obesity problem started—the yeah. h- high fructose corn syrup and all that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. All the the processed food, right? And then the, um, you know, along with the, the you know meat consumption, and as the developed countries are getting wealthier and wealthier they're eating just like Americans, a standard American diet, right? All the processed food, all the sugar, all the, the you know high-fat animal products. Um, even in America, average Americans consume about 250 pounds of uh, animal products every single year, which is a tremendous amount, right? And so, and the, the China How many pounds? 250 pounds. That's a, that's, a, that's a lot, right? That's average American. Since I'm, I don't eat any, somebody's eating 500 pounds of meat every single year, Right? <laughs>
0: I'm gonna look at that cow and go, I'm gonna eat half of you this year. yeah, the whole cow.
1: That is Boom. a tremendous amount. I think they said also during the Super Bowl, I don't know how they come up with the numbers every uh, every year during the Super Bowl, people consume about one point six billion chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my God. One point
0: right? six billion chicken wings. yes, for the for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. All right. Yeah, that is a lot of wingless chickens running around.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know that the chicken these days doesn't look anything like the chickens from, let's say, even 100 years ago. Um, because they're genetically modified, you know, uh, and they have so much more antibiotics. They have so much more chemicals, growth hormones. And so uh, people are so uh, concerned about eating food that's not genetically modified. But most people in America don't know where the food comes from. And they don't really think about it, especially when it's in a hamburger or a chicken sandwich, which they really do need to, to pay attention. Whether you're plant-based or not, you should really know
0: where your food comes from. You know, I mean, I love having you on here because even as a gastroenterologist, and even though I, I think like kind of uh, we want to treat the whole body, I've, I have not spent that much time really going over the whole diet thing because I naively – I'm like, okay, this is the weight I want to be. This is kind of what I want to mm-hmm. look like when I'm when I'm at the beach. just you know, if I start not yeah. seeing the the abs, or we go from that uh, six pack to the four pack to the two pack to the no pack, <laughs> you know, then <laughs> then I just start working out more. Yeah. Um, and I got a little rude wake up call last week. I went to uh, I have a functional medicine practitioner. Um, his name's Kevin Wilson. It's it's Smart Wellness now. Um, and you know they they do real. Like deep dive into the mm-hmm. blood work, so it isn't just um, HDL, LDL. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's LDL C. It's apolipoprotein B. And yeah. It's all this. And my cholesterol went up. <laughs> <And> I'm like, <laughs> I'm feeling better than I ever felt. What? Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, you're doing something wrong, buddy. Yeah. And and quite honestly, I'm. Pretty much paleo, so Mm -hmm. I don't I don't really do dairy or gluten, Mm -hmm. but I will mow down some meat. (laughs) I'm that guy eating the 500 pounds, so you got me rethinking a few things. So he's given me three months to try it and reverse this. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting a little bit slow, and so I'm not I'm I'm going to start watching your videos for sure because I did the thing that most people do. I went and watched Game Changers on Netflix, and um and which is a very fascinating. Documentary in the sense that that got more traction than mm-hmm. what the health and knives over forks and all those other vegan uh, propaganda ones because I, I think that they were talking about performance. Yes, what you're describing is exactly that. Mm-hmm. Your, you, this is not an ethical thing. This is not a a, a conscious choice. You were like, no, I did my research. Mm-hmm. This, I can be healthier.
1: Yes, I mean I, I did this because for my health, and you know I always tell people that I want to live until 120 years old. I may have had a better chance if I actually
0: started when I was in my 20s. You know it'll just be you and Dave Asprey having tea <laughs> together because he says the exact same thing on th- his podcast.
1: I think he says uh, he wants to live forever. <laughs> and so I don't know if that's possible yet, but they said if you do it right, the kids who are born today have a you know potential to live until 150 years old.
0: 150
1: years old. Yeah. Have the potential. Have the potential. But but the sad thing is the kids you know between age 10 to 12 years old What percentage of the kids actually have early signs of atherosclerosis? 75%. What? 75% of the kids between age 10 to 12 years old have already fatty streaks. No. They also found that the... That's nuts. There's no way. Even the fetuses are now showing up. Unfortunate event because, you know, whatever, uh, you know, may have happened. But when they do an autopsy on fetus, even the fetus, some of the fetus actually have you know, some fatty streaks, depending on mother's, you know, um, vascular system, right? So, you're starting out life already having early signs of cardiovascular disease. What is that, right? And so, when mom said, you know, I, I'm really, you know, um, sensitive to, let's say, moms who are pregnant and then also parents, they have such a difficult, you know, uh, challenges, um, you know, feeding their kids, but they're not really thinking about what they're serving them, right? And I cringe uh, when I go to a breakfast and then, you know, a next table, you know, parents are serving their kids bacon or or hot dogs and the kids and the the food that is known by World Health Organization as a group one carcinogen. So I think we need to really step back and educate the public and help them see what they're putting on their uh, on their table. And when I I saw the article where the kids, you know, between 10 and 12 years old, Seventy-five percent of them have already have signs of you know cardiovascular disease. I mean that's terrible. We're not doing something right, and we spend so much money on managing the disease, which we don't do very well. But and you know completely forgetting about preventative medicine because there's no money in preventative medicine. Right. That's that was uh, our mission is to to actually go to community. And, and teach them how to eat properly. And so so we've done you know, um, uh, not only lectures uh, at our clinic, but also if anybody wants to hear us talk, we'll, we'll go and give a talk. You know, we've gone down to the south side and then the African American churches to uh, church in uh, Richardson at Methodist. You know, pretty much ninety nine percent Caucasian. You know, congregation. Um, uh, or, or, you know, community centers who wants to... you still uh, have the up.
0: guts to go to a nice Korean barbecue establishment <laughs> and give a talk? Because I, I like Korean barbecue, man! Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, it, <laughs> for whatever reason, Koreans were
1: known uh, for Korean barbecue. But in, in Korea, actually, um, uh, their health is declining, like in China, because the meat consumption has increased processed food, and then their lifestyle is changing. Um, but you know, they used to be one of the, the healthiest country in the world because they were too poor to actually eat meat, right? It wasn't available. Uh-huh. Everyone wants to eat. So if you look at all the countries, uh, uh, all the cities in, uh, along the blue zones, the, the cities that have the most amount of centenarians, most people are poor. So by being rich, yeah, you may have money to
0: spend it, but you're actually ruining your health. All right. So I w- I was going to ask you this, and yeah. it's a perfect it's a perfect segue right now. So I was talking to one of my patients today that she's going to be a guest here shortly. Um, happens to have Crohn's disease and mm-hmm. gives back to the community just like you. She works as a counselor mm-hmm. and does all this, and she happens to be a speech therapist for underprivileged kids with autism. Mm. So part of this, you know, they they send them with the with the school system, and so her and I started talking. I started talking about how last week we did a whole show on a chemical that makes. Um, plastic flexible called Mm -hmm. DEHP. You've been exposed to it a ton as a doctor. Mm -hmm. So have I. That's what IV bags are. That's what the tubing is. All the catheters and tools that we use to be flexible so that we're not puncturing where we don't want to uses chemical DEHP. And when you said in utero they're finding stuff, as it turns out, in utero, if if a woman is exposed to it, it just goes to the fetus and causes all kinds of stuff. Oh, wow. So what her and I talked about is I'm like man, well, what can what can you do mm-hmm. to circumvent this um, autism? Um, e- you know, I mean, basically epidemic. Mm-hmm. And she's like, they're too poor to eat healthy. Yeah. So now you just said that when countries were poor, they mm-hmm. eat it healthier. So let's talk about yeah. the cost of e- of living your lifestyle. Yeah. Is it possible if I don't have a high income? to eat a plant-based whole food diet?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, when people are thinking whole Oops. food, plant-based, I think a lot of people get that confused and they think it's vegan. And then and they get meat replacement products, which are actually quite expensive, right? So when you do- This guy did yeah. that when he watched
0: Game Changers. <laughs> and it didn't yeah. work out well. Yeah. A- because I think the either the fillers or the soy mm-hmm. or something made me very inflamed. Yeah. So I backed off.
1: So one of the things I really, uh, 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 you know, also talk to the vegan community is that, you know, they've already given up the meat, which is the, the one of the most difficult thing for a lot of people. However, they also need to get away from the processed food because most of the, the meat replacement products are processed. So when you're eating a whole food plant-based, you are eating non-processed or minimally processed food. And so the best place, you know, the, the best pharmacy is actually with F, um, you know, F-A-R-M-A-C-Y, right? Pharmacy is in the produce section. That is the medicine. That's where people need to go shop. And so if you get dried beans, it costs pennies, right? Versus, uh, you know, um, getting uh, ground beef or getting uh, chicken breast. So actually eating whole food plant-based can be very, very inexpensive. Uh, that's why, in along the the blue zones, the the you know uh, like Nicoya, Costa Rica, uh, Okinawa, Japan, uh, you know Sardinia and Icaria, all those countries, all those communities, people were relatively poor. They're not wealthy at all. Even especially like Nicoya, they were eating mostly beans. Where's Nicoya? Costa Rica. Okay. Yeah. And it's one of the cities in blue zones that has the, the most amount of centenarians, right? And, and they were most, and they're oh. uh, 98% eating plants because they were too poor to eat meat. Huh? And they're living beyond. And then they didn't necessarily go to the gym, you know, or CrossFit or 24-hour fitness because they walked every day, everywhere. They didn't have cars, right? So they're moving their body every single day. They're eating mostly plant and because that's all they had available to them, right? And then they had sense of community, and, um, and they had sense of purpose. And uh, you mentioned purpose earlier. I think that is so critical. You have to have a reason for living, right? You have to have why. As long as you have why and, and sense of purpose, no matter what challenges are in front of you, you can overcome them. And that's how powerful human beings are. Yeah. Right? And if you decide to just give up, that is a failure. Okay. And no matter how many mistakes you make, how many you know failures and that that you you face, as long as you stand back up and then continue to uh, you know pursue your purpose and your why, I think most people will be very, very happy.
0: Yeah, I think that um, you saying that you came at eleven years old, you started your journey, probably not the easiest time in your life. Not at all. Um, didn't know how
1: to speak English. Um, and all our family, you know, uh, including my my parents, uh, we worked as janitors, um, you know, don't want to get my parents in trouble, but when we're 12, 13, 14 years old, we used to go help our parents, you know, clean the toilets in the building, and then I still passed by one of the buildings uh, we used to clean when I was 14 years old, um, and, and, um, that's what we did as a family. Uh, and then they, you know, opened the the flea market store. My mother was shot at, you know, twice uh, uh, when she was working at the flea market store when she was being robbed, right? And um, luckily they missed. Uh, thank goodness. Good Lord. Um And then the, where my parents lived, after I left for college, uh, there was a drive-by shooting at my parents' house. They got the wrong house. It was, it was supposed to be the next door. Uh, but uh, uh, my parents um, were asleep, and then fortunately their windows were shattered. And uh, uh, so... You know, we grew up uh, very humble, um, and uh, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, you're a doctor, you must have come from a doctor family. That wasn't the case at all. Yeah. Um, and we lived in the government-assisted housing. Um, but, you know, our parents always gave us, um, you know, good foundation um, and always, you know, taught us to have purpose in life. And and that really, you know, uh, sunk in with us for, you know, since we were a little child. Yeah. And um, and in always the life was you know living the life with purpose, and uh, uh, and that was our mission.
0: So you come over here, you go through this kind of hardship. Now uh, we kind of tongue in cheek uh, talked about how I, I hope you're as smart as Eric. Obviously, Eric's a very smart guy. He's my CRNA, and he's he could he still continues to do whatever he wants to do. He's an entrepreneurial spirit, mm-hmm. very very like minded like us. He's very big into purpose, into raising his kids the right way, and all that stuff. Um, but your, your academic background is super impressive. I mean, you know, just for the average person that says, Oh, that's a doctor. No, there's levels of doctor. There's mm-hmm. levels of med schools. You got to really work to get into the, some of these places. And I, I'm just so impressed that you, um, basically have to put your career that you were worked so hard to do mm-hmm. and you went awesome. I'm going to work on this now. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that is the coolest thing, and I'm learning for you. So I want to ask you a couple quick questions. Yes, because these are the arguments that I get. So the community that I'm in, I'm. um, In fact, I should. uh, We'll we'll talk afterwards. But I'm in part of some really cool entrepreneurial groups Mm -hmm. where it's just like minded people that all they do is sit around and say, "Don't step on this landmine." I blew off my left. You know, theoretically, in a business sense, I blew off my left foot doing that. I wouldn't do that. Try this software instead. Try this. Um, thing and you know you, you read books and stuff like that. Well, a, a lot of these people are the paleo community, mm-hmm. and they're really smart people. Chris Kresser, mm-hmm. Rob Wolf. You know, become friends with them in these groups. And what what I'm hearing is is that uh, in uh, Kevin Wilson, my doctor is uh, not plant based. He's very mm-hmm. big into paleo and mm-hmm. and all these other things. So a couple curveballs towards you. Sure. All right. Uh, let's talk about the thing that I get asked a whole lot, mm-hmm. uh, lectins. Mm-hmm. So you said dry beans do this. Mm-hmm. What's your thought on lectins? Do they create? And then that's going to lead us into the microbiome and immunity, sure. and sure. eventually into your entrepreneurial spirit where you continue to grow. So yeah. that's where I want to head with this. But can we talk about lectins real quick?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's a you know, very interesting topic. And so if you think about the lectin, especially in the beans, no one can eat the bean raw you don't eat dry beans, you can't eat it, you can't digest it, and we don't recommend it, right? Because if you eat it, you're gonna get nauseated, you're probably gonna throw up. However, if you cook them properly, right? All the lectins are gone, right? And so, um, the lectins are there so that the plants can protect itself. And so, a little bit of it's actually healthy for you because you're stressing your body. However, once you uh, cook-
0: Hormesis. Yes, absolutely, right? the term hormesis means that you stress your body a little bit so it adapts. Yes, that's why we exercise, that's why we fast, that's yeah. why we do things,
1: that's why you know we get exposed to heat, that's why we take cold showers,
0: right? And so, I don't take cold showers, <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to go that route. I'll sit in a sauna, uh, but I uh, will not do a cold shower. You should shower.
1: try it, you know, maybe 10 seconds first and you know, 15 seconds in the beginning. You hate <laughs> it, but you learn to love it, right? Um, but the le- I
0: wanna, I, I'm we're, we're gonna get to lectures really quick, yeah, just to, yeah. um, just this reminds me, my late father-in-law who passed away a few years ago, Mm -hmm. we were watching a show on uh, uh, Navy SEALs, and a Navy SEAL actually did a obstacle course Mm -hmm. where he first soaked himself in warm water, Mm -hmm. and then did the course, and then they put him in ice water, Mm -hmm. and with an esophageal probe, they showed that he dropped his um, core temperature, and then through various Navy SEAL techniques, he raised his core temperature, Mm -hmm. and so my father-in-law, this was on Christmas, this is about 10 years ago goes, you know, it was, it, Dallas, it's not that cold, but it's yeah. cold enough, It's it was like 30 or it was 40 or something. He goes, I bet you can't even get in that pool. I I went out there with my son and my father-in-law and I jumped in and like a total weenie jumped out in about 10 <laughs> seconds. So the whole cold thing, yeah. I think that's funny, but all right, th- that's, th- the whole point is is that lectins can do this. Let's get back to lectins.
1: Yeah, so, but once you actually properly cook the beans, you know, I, I recommend uh, soaking them at least for eight hours or even in 24 hours.
0: Soaking the beans first?
1: Yes. Soak the beans. Okay. In minimum eight hours. Uh, if you have a pressure cooker, you don't need to soak them. You just dump it in there and you cook it. Um, Do- but, do canned beans qualify? The canned beans are already cooked, so you don't even need to cook it. You can just open it and start eating them. Do you find canned
0: beans unhealthy, or do you always do whole food?
1: Um, the can you, at, at the house, we have both dry beans and canned beans because to make it a little bit more convenient, right? And um, uh, the canned beans are uh, – the study have shown that they still retain just as much nutrients. And so when I'm really busy, I would open up a can uh, canned bean with the, my whole grains and mix them up. Uh, along with different kinds of spices, and then along with different greens. But once you cook the, the bean, most of the lactins are gone. So there's really nothing right. for you to worry about. And so you don't need to take lactin you know, um, uh, supplements or anything like that. If you cr- uh, properly cook the food, um, then there's really no issues with lactin. And then if you think about it, so beans are the most known for lactins, right? Every single one of the cities, right? There's like one common theme among blue zones. Five cities that has most amount of centenarians, right? Uh, the research by Dan Buettner from uh, National Geographic. Every single one of them, that the common theme was beans, 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 beans. Shut beans. up! Really? Every single one of them.
0: There was their main source of protein was their beans. Dang! And I actually been avoiding them because. I'm trying to, you know, I'm just, I'm, yeah. I kind of go with the no grain thing.
1: Yeah. So the beans uh, is one of the, the healthiest thing one can consume. Um, not only it's a great source of protein, but also it's also it has so many phytonutrients, and I consider them as a superfood. Really, really cheap superfood. What are your favorite beans? All of them. But we have at the house about uh, ten different kinds of beans. Hmm. And then the, w- when I make grains, I usually mix like black beans, pinto beans, white beans, navy beans, kidney beans, along with let's say buckwheat, brown rice, uh, uh, wild black rice, um, uh, barley. I mix them up, and then that's how I make the rice. And so rice and beans. Uh, I don't, you know, we we definitely avoid any refined uh, uh, grains such as white rice. Oh, you do. Yeah. I we I avoid
0: any kind of white anything that's white, right? Uh, okay. So I hope that I uh, hope my wife is listening. My wife's Puerto Rican. Uh huh. So I mean <laughs> beans and rice yeah. is just pretty much it's whatever I'm like, honey, what are we having? She's like, salmon. Yeah. And beans and rice.
1: Yeah, beans and, and rice. <laughs> that's good. And you just got to put in some greens. But, but
0: but 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 you avoid the white rices. White rice. Yeah. So as int- a Korean, you still avoid white rice because we love. I mean, that's actually our favorite. If we're going to uh, globalize uh-huh. our cuisine for my family, I got a 15 year old and a 13 year old. Mm-hmm. We essentially eat Japanese in, in this order: uh, Japanese, Thai, Vietnamese, Chinese, almost. Anytime we get a chance to eat out,
1: you're inter-Asian.
0: in Asian. I'm, we are definitely, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it is, it is definitely our favorite cuisine. So yeah. we end up eating a lot of rice.
1: Yeah. So interesting fact is that the, the, in Asia, you know, a while back, the white rice was, you know, it's extra process, right? So this was actually for aristocrats <clears throat> or the wealthy individuals. All the poor people ate the brown rice which is less processed. It's unprocessed, right? And so the the poor people actually lived longer. They were healthier than rich people, right? Same thing happened 100 years ago. Uh, The rich people ate white bread, right? And then the, the poor people ate the whole grain bread, And guess what? It was the poor people who were healthier, right? So you know, grains, uh, especially white grains, they're extra processed, and so uh, and also raises your uh, blood sugar level much, much faster, and raise you know increases more insulin production or release of the insulin. So we try to avoid anything that's processed. And so, including the the grains. Uh, so, if you eat, you know, brown rice or you know, buckwheat, barley, uh, black wild rice, um, I, those are
0: the the grains that I would recommend. Hmm.
1: So that, I say it's whole grains, not grains, whole grains. Whole
0: grains, whole grains. Beans, beans, okay. Lectins get destroyed when they get soaked and yes. then followed by cooking and or canned. Yes. And then as Cause far. Because canned beans are cooked. Can canned beans are cooked, and yeah. then as far as. Um, the grains. So, yeah, the um, this works really well for you, and I know right now that mm-hmm. there's, you know, what I've seen with diets, mm-hmm. especially when people make a living, mm-hmm. like if they have a book or... Sure. Uh, so, I, I mean, I hung out with Rob Wolf. The guy looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And he's been keto for 10 years, mm-hmm. and uh, Chris Kresser is essentially, you know, straight up paleo, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I know his blood work is amazing. We've mm-hmm. talked about that, and so there are you know the, the the things that actually work. Um, it's not working for me. <laughs> my doctor <laughs> yeah. just told me. Yeah. That's why I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, we need to. We need to call Doug. I need to. Yeah. I need. I need to eat his brain and yeah. figure out what's going on here because maybe my genetics. So you used the term epigenetics <laughs> a little while ago. Um, explain what epigenetics actually is because there's some confusion around this. Yeah. So
1: just to simply put it, um, way I like to explain it is our gene is like a light switch, right? And so uh, we are born with certain genes, unfortunately, uh, for some people, and they may have a greater risk of developing certain type of disease. But just because you carry the gene does not actually mean you are actually going to develop those disease. But there's a lot of external factors, environmental factors, including the the cancers, right? And so uh, by um, a proper nutrition and lifestyle, you actually have the ability to turn the gene on or turn them off. So what that tells us is that you actually have a full control. So you know, like uh, Elizabeth Blackburn, who won a Nobel Prize from UT Southwestern for discovering telomerase, uh, did a, uh, s- a study with the. Uh, she's the one
0: that discovered telomerases?
1: Yeah, so along Tel- with the telomeres, and that's what she won. Uh, she won the Nobel Prize for. Did not know that. Yeah. Wow!
0: Out of here, the uh, out of here in Dallas. Yeah, UT Southwestern. That's that's yeah. impressive.
1: So she did the uh, research uh, with um, uh, Dean Ornish. And, um, um, and they got a group of uh, patients who had early-stage prostate cancer. Right? And then and when they uh, did the, the, the genetic study, all the uh, fi- over 500 uh, cancer genes were actually turned on. And then they uh, spent uh, uh, three months changing their diet and lifestyle. And then and they did the, the genetic study again. All the genes were actually, cancer genes were turned off. Over 550 cancer genes, oncogenes, were turned off. So you, it only took them three months. What? So... So especially prostate cancer, right? If, especially if you catch them early stage, you really want to treat them with a diet and a lifestyle change. They said the, the, the traditional uh, surgery, whether it's a chemo or uh, the surgery, does not prolong. Only one out of 49 people actually live longer after getting traditional uh, a conventional medical treatment.
0: Well, when when you start looking at some of this, I listened to a podcast called Medical Reversals. It was on um, Freakonomics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Freakonomics podcast, and they, mm-hmm. they actually had some doctors on there, and they and if you look back at all these medical reversals, so basically your doctor says, do this, and then we go, oh no, that was wrong, because mm-hmm. now we've looked at our cohort of, of 10,000 patients over 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can go on and on about that, the estrogen replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that's being brought up, and I brought this up to my doctor because my cholesterol um, is statins. Statins mm-hmm. have not been shown to uh improve lifespan. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, do they actually decrease the incidence of events, but it has not been shown to improve lifespan. So now I start, I'm at that stage in my career in medicine where I'm starting to question so many things. Mm-hmm. I'm having patients come to me and, well, let's throw this one out with autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking about this. I treat a lot of Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis. I use drugs like Remicade and Humira. Mm-hmm. Have you had any experience with, as an orthopedist, you're going to be exposed to, rheuma, to rheumatoid arthritis. You're going to be exposed to ankylosing spondylitis, uh, polyarthropathies mm-hmm. from these other things. Have you had any wins with using your method? Oh, uh,
1: Absolutely. So uh, some uh, of them are my patients, and some of them are attendees to our free seminars. And i give an uh, example of uh, Denise. Um, she gave us a permission to, to talk about her. And, and so um, uh, she came to us uh, suffering from severe rheumatoid arthritis. And she's been on multiple uh, medications, even methotrexase in the past, and Humira. And Humira costs twenty five to $50,000 a year. right? Um, and uh, one of the side effects is heart failure. And she began to have a severe heart issues, Whoa. so they had to take her off, and, uh, and she, she was in severe pain. And so I said, you know, you got nothing to lose. You tried everything else, so why don't you try whole food plant-based uh, uh, nutrition? And, and that's what she did. Um, she did that uh, January 1st, uh, 2018. Within two months,
0: she was in remission. All the pains were gone. On her RA, rheumatoid arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis. So rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease. Autoimmune means something turns a genetic switch on and your body starts attacking yourself. In gastroenterology, I see it with ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, celiac disease, autoimmune hepatitis. In your field, you see it with the joints. With the joints removed through arthritis.
1: But we also have seen patients um, <clears throat> with multiple sclerosis. right? And um, uh, actually, this was um, another uh, patient who walked in, or not walked in, came into the clinic on a wheelchair right? and uh, had multiple sclerosis. So we actually coached. In a wheelchair?
0: In a wheelchair. That's very advanced MS. Yeah, it's,
1: it's pretty advanced. And, and um, the patient went whole food plant-based and um, it was six to eight months later when they came back for a follow-up visit uh, he actually uh, walked in with a cane so he still had weakness but he got him off the wheelchair and now he's able to strong enough to actually walk with the cane just diet change just a diet change Hmm. and he was off all the medications and he's not the the only one and um, uh, and there's a one uh, a lifestyle medicine a physician even up in New Jersey, um, uh, a good friend. Uh, she was initially infectious disease doctor. And during her uh, residency or fellowship, she woke up one day completely paralyzed. What? And that's how she discovered she had multiple sclerosis. And to a point, she was walking with a cane and she was about to get on a wheelchair and and she made the she discovered she read an article about blueberries, right? She said, "No way, there's no, you know." She and th- this can't be. And she starts uh, researching, and really realized the, the autoimmune disease starts from the gut. Um, and she needed to find a way to decrease inflammation. And she needed to once she healed her gut, and she changed her uh,
0: complete, uh, you know, nutrition when whole food plant based. Ten years later, she ran a marathon. Do, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't have any Kleenex here. Do you have any Kleenex? Cause I have tears <laughs> of joy. I just had an orthopedic surgeon say that <laughs> everything starts in the gut. Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. We think that, you know, um, um, a lot of the uh, the lifestyle medicine f- uh, physicians um, believe that autoimmune disease, maybe a, a you know different sort of autoimmune disease, whether it's rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, multiple sclerosis, maybe a one disease. It all starts from the gut, uh, and then it manifests uh, to a different disease based on our genetic makeup. And so our treatment method, whether it's uh, you know lupus, multiple sclerosis, you know um, you know Hashimoto's thyroiditis it's all pretty similar. You know, they may, we may make a little bit of a, a different uh, a protocol for them, but overall it's a you know, whole food plant-based, and many of them improve significantly.
0: Wow, that is, uh, so we've actually, that's actually a common theme that we talk about. We have brought some people in, but my thing is we've got lots of data to show mm-hmm. that when you have an, an inflammation in your gut, that leads to an inflammatory cascade that can cause this epigenetic phenomenon. And so if somebody's sitting around listening, so I want to talk about what else you have going on, which means that you've taken it to next level. But I, everything about, about this show and about what we want to do is talk science first. Clearly, you're a brilliant man, and you um, know your... I'm a, I'm a gut doctor, you know, so you know you're SHIT. So um, I wanted to throw this article out at you because it's fascinating that um, we can talk disease, and I could sit there and say, if you've got rheumatoid arthritis, if you've got MS, if you have anything, but there's also one underlying thing that happens to all of us, and you keep talking about the blue zones. A recent review article, my little secret weapon, we'll eventually be able to disclose who it is, but she sent me an article yeah. yesterday and with you coming on, it is a review article on the new insights for cellular and molecular mechanism of aging and aging-related diseases. Herbal medicine is a potential therapeutic approach. So in other words, what this title says is, yo, we're all aging, and why do you want to load the gun faster than it should be loaded? Mm-hmm. So what this article looked at is they go into the background a little bit where 900 million people in the world are over the age of 60. Wow. And you just pointed out that it doesn't matter where you live now. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's it's pretty much spreading everywhere. So aging, which can be divided into both pathologic and physiologic. So if you are perfectly healthy, you're going to physiologically age. If you choose to load your gun faster, that's pathologic aging. Yes. And this article gets into really cool geeky science about the complex biological processes and the decline of tissue and organs and structural degeneration, and then they go into telomeres, and mm-hmm. then they go into the fat. A common theme keeps popping up, and it is reactive oxygen species or oxidative stress. Yes. So stress at a cellular level, mm-hmm. or inflammation at a cellular level mm-hmm. leads to aging. Yes. So if you didn't care mm-hmm. about anything, about uh, the fetus having a heart attack, <laughs> or a 10-year-old having coronary artery disease, we spend a lot of money trying to look younger. Mm-hmm. I just got done talking about the other article that said that uh, at age 47, maybe that's when men look in the mirror and go, uh-oh, I'm, I'm there. I don't know. It all comes down to reacti- uh, reactive oxygen species. Um, this leads to they can actually get into the actual mechanism. So one of the things I run into that we have discussed, which is... Um, I'm sure you've run into because I think your field is a little bit less holistic than GI, mm-hmm. um, which is probably because the gut affects so many things. But I imagine if you're trying to talk to one of your colleagues at a conference and say, hey, plant-based, they probably look at you like, mm. what? What?
1: Yeah, I'm, I don't represent typical look of orthopedic surgeon, right? <laughs> so if you imagine orthopedic surgeon, those of you who don't know, like in medical school, we are like the, they call orthopedic surgeons smart jocks, right? Everyone's hitting the gym, you know, bone broke me fix, These are big guys, <laughs> ex-athletes, right? And then somehow I snuck in as a nerd, right?
0: Um, there's a, a so I have I have a friend um, who played uh, football for the San Francisco 49ers, played at uh, University of Notre Dame, uh-huh. and um, we have or he's very good friends with an orthopedic surgeon named Brian Radigan, and he played linebacker for Notre Dame, and if there is ever. The avatar of yeah. what I thought. <laughs> this guy was just jacked, yeah. and you know, and he's an orthopedic surgeon now for Notre Dame. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. So yeah, you you are talking yeah. different than the typical orthopedic surgeon. Yeah,
1: and so, but yeah, um, but I think even with orthopedics, and also especially in spine, some of our patients um, after, if they choose to follow our uh, diet and lifestyle modification. They came back, even with herniated disc, most of the inflammation was gone, pain was gone, and so they they would cancel the surgery. I said, congratulations, right? And so if I can help patients, the surgery is definitely
0: the last resort. Say that one more time. You... Got paid to operate, and you were happy when you didn't have to operate. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome.
1: Because there's plenty of patients who's not following the, the the lifestyle modification and who's in in agony, who failed all the conservative treatment, who's going to need the surgery. But you know what I would love to be able to do is uh, to prove. Um, to the, the medical community that so many of the surgeries and procedures that we do are completely unnecessary because if people are willing to make the lifestyle modification, if the physicians actually know and teach their patients how to make the modification, because most of them do not know, right? then I think you know, uh, many people can avoid um, uh, significant uh, surgical procedures, uh, whether it's a cardiac cath, open, you know, open heart surgeries, which we know that does not extend anybody's life, right? And same thing with spine surgery. And you know, orthopedics is a little bit different. If you break a bone, you broke a bone, and you need surgery <laughs> to fix it,
0: right? Yeah. So that, don't don't try and hobble <laughs> into <yeah>. Whole Foods <laughs> yeah. after that skiing accident. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Whole Food plant based is going to
1: fix that broken bone. It may help you heal faster, but you're probably going to still need surgery and so uh, that is uh, one of my mission and i get a great enjoyment out of it and you know i remember one patient who walked in who had a thoracic uh uh, herniated disc and you know in order to do the surgery we have to do a thoracotomy so basically cracking her chest open decompress the lung in order to get to the spine from the front and i said you really don't want to have this surgery we can do it if you want to uh however why don't you give me three months make these changes, come back in three months. If it doesn't work, then we'll go ahead and do the surgery. She came back to clinic in three months along with her husband. She lost 40 pounds. He lost 60 pounds, right? And she said her pain was gone. And she said, doctor, I don't need your service anymore. Awesome. Congratulations. Wow. Right. So I think uh, it is very uh, possible. And, you know, once, once you have seen that, I, I just get a kick out of it.
0: I'm feeling like a yeah. total jerk right now <laughs> because we did a show on using cell phones while there are people are on the bathroom, uh-huh. doing social media posts, uh-huh. and I I told everybody to keep doing that because it creates hemorrhoids so they can come <laughs> see me. I feel like a jerk. You're out there. <laughs> I'm over there encouraging. Sit on the toilet longer. Make an appointment with me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, you're yeah. making me look bad, man. Oh. <clears throat> Um, I want to talk about something about this article yeah. because uh, I, we use the term reactive oxygen species mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that they got deep into this article mm-hmm. is about a lot of the end organ disease that kills most of us. Mm-hmm. Cardiac disease, yes. strokes, dementia, mm-hmm. A lot of it comes down to blood vessels. Yes. The endothelium, Endothelium. meaning that as our blood vessels, all this inflammation leads to endothelial dysfunction and impaired activity and arterial stiffness. Yes. And the reason why I bring this up is because... um, I'll I'll plug this the polyphenols in Atrontil we do know that they actually improve mm-hmm. the um, most polyphenols when taken and there's literature for this but um, w- when we first launched Atrontil we did it strictly for people that bloated and then we had all these people that kept staying on it and that's when I started backing up because I was looking at one little problem and then I went oh this is actually I, I, it, it's sad that it's that I'm now learning because all I've been doing is doing plant-based, but mm-hmm. I started with a pill and now I'm working my way to lifestyle, yeah. which you're doing lifestyle and you realized, Hey, I can help people in different ways. Mm-hmm. So you noticed immediately that endothelium is really important. And when we talked before and you brought me some gifts, I would like to talk about what else you have going on here because very clearly you have put some serious thought into this. And then I came backwards. I started with a plant based product to treat something. And now mm-hmm. I'm learning about a plant based lifestyle. Yeah. You did the opposite. You started plant based lifestyle and said, I'm going to produce the best product for that. Yeah. So tell me what you got here.
1: Yeah, so one of the things that we developed was, uh, it's called Neonox, it's a nitric oxide booster.
0: Neonox,
1: N-E-O-N-O-X. N-O-X. And this product was developed uh, uh, without intention of developing a a supplement uh, company. Uh, What we realized was, as I was doing research, um, even as a physician, we knew that the heart disease was the number one killer, but I didn't realize how severe it was. And it is actually the number one killer of both men and women worldwide, right? And, um, you know, one... Yeah, we start seeing once women go into menopause, yeah. they get the same risk as men. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, and a lot of women uh, just get neglected and they think it's men's disease. And, but women uh, develop a cardiovascular disease just as much as in the guys. And, um, and one in three deaths in U.S. is related to vascular disease so pretty significant amount, and it all comes down to endothelium. And the nitric oxide, what I realized, was the most important molecule in our body because it saves endothelium, and it's produced within our endothelium. However, as we age, by the time you're 40, you lose about 50% of your ability to produce it. By the time you're 60, you lose about 85% of your ability to produce nitric oxide. Say that one more time. So by the time you're 40, you lose about 50% of your ability to produce nitric oxide, which is the most important molecule in our body. Why do, why do we do that? So a, f- a few things. Number one it's produced in your endothelium, right? Endothelium is basically the inner lining of your artery. And so uh, as we age, we develop atherosclerosis, we damage the endothelium, so therefore we lose the ability to produce the, uh, the nitric oxide.
0: But along with that— So the inflammatory process damaging the endothelium yes. does not allow us to produce the one molecule to repair the endothelium. Exactly. And so and not only the nitric oxide uh,
1: is at the strongest vasodilator that lowers the blood pressure and then also vasodilates the vessels so that more nutrients and oxygen can be delivered to the end organs, right? It, it also uh, stimulates the stem cells and activates the stem cells and mobilizes the stem cells. Eh? Nitric oxide does. Nitric oxide, and that's how we really actually uh, got into the nitric oxide because we knew we needed to boost the nitric oxide to our patient when we're doing orthopedic uh, stem cell therapy, right? To to help them prevent either uh, you know rotator cuff tendonitis, yeah, uh, 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 tear surgeries. We had we had Wade
0: McKenna on our show, the orthopedist uh-huh. from yeah. Fort from Fort Worth that had the the Panama stem cell. Clinic. Yes. Yeah. We deep dived into stem cells. Yeah. That's some cool stuff. yeah. Man.
1: And but, but most people are looking for that magic pill. They want the injections, right, and the stem cell therapy. But you need to activate them. And people who need it the most are typically 60 plus, right? Sometimes 40 plus. But most of the patients we have arthritis are 60 plus. But they can't really activate their stem cells because they don't have any nitric oxide. That's part of the reason why people develop cardiovascular disease. People develop diabetes, right? People develop erectile dysfunction, which is a vascular disease, right? And so and that's... That's why the even Viagra Cialis only works on fifty percent of the population.
0: So one of the reasons why Game Changers has been so much more well received mm-hmm. is that they have a whole segment on nighttime boners. Yeah, and how eating a plant based diet actually improves erectile dysfunction. Yes, and so and, and not just erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. uh, actually improves. Uh, nocturnal erections, I should say yeah. Boner seems a little bit uh, un- <laughs> un- unprofessional. you are a doctor, <laughs> but um yeah, so that's uh, that's one of the things so it's it's when you talk anti aging or you talk uh, sexual performance, that's what people spend all their money on, yes. They don't sit there and go, "Oh, I'm going to have a heart attack." Yeah. When really, it's all the same process. It's it's all the same. The thing thing. that's making you look older, the thing that's making you not perform as well Mm -hmm. in bed, is the exact same thing that's going to kill you.
1: Exactly. And and and, you know the dementia, which are mostly. And now we're realizing that is a vascular disease also, yeah. because you're just not getting enough blood to your brain, right? And so, and also lack of energy. You know, after age 40, everyone's fatig- suffering from fatigue, lack of energy, because mitochondria, uh, mitochondria biogenesis is actually initiated by nitric oxide also. So it helps nitric oxide stimulates uh, the production of mitochondria, which is the energy source.
0: There right? we go. Yeah. So that's the that's the energy source of every cell. Every yes. cell has a little power plant. Yes. It's called the mitochondria.
1: And mitochondria uh, dysfunction is one of the major problems that people face, especially forty plus. So there's so many different things, and even uh, uh, diabetes and insulin resistance. Uh, without nitric oxide, nitric oxide depletion will increase insulin resistance also. So so there's so many. Uh, 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 nitric oxide is uh, serves also as a messenger. And you can almost, it, although it is gas, you can almost think of it as hormone. And so it's it's so critical that um, uh, we, we decided uh, we were initially looking for nitric oxide products to to give to our patients, especially the stem cell therapy patients. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't find one that was, you know, with the uh, high quality uh, product. Most of the products, unfortunately, are made for younger group of people who are working out at the gym for that, you know. And it'll explode.
0: Get your pump on. Do this. Go to and then you find (laughs) out that ninety nine percent of them have nothing in it.
1: They have nothing in it. They have a lot of caffeine, different stimulant that gives them energy but it's not really delivering more oxygen and more blood to where it needs to go. So we decided that you know we're gonna produce a pure nitric oxide booster ourselves uh, initially just to give to our patient. And that was part of the package
0: uh, for stem cell therapy. Oh, really. So like that was like, look, if i'm gonna if I'm gonna go through the trouble yeah. of either injecting you or operating on you, mm-hmm. then you're going to walk out of here with at least a bag that's going to help you recover, improve, and have, I don't want to waste my time, is basically what you were saying.
1: Yeah, because we we were encouraging them to uh, change their diet and lifestyle, encouraging them to eat. For for patients with severe cardiovascular disease, our protocol is having them eat dark green leafy vegetables six times a day. Right? Because it's a green leafy vegetable that contains most amount of nitrate that gets converted into the nitric oxide, and so we also tell how them how does it get converted. So when the nitrate actually gets converted, initiated uh, by the bacteria is in the posterior third of your tongue, right? Yeah. And So so that's uh, we strongly recommend people not using mouthwash, right? Antiseptic mouthwash because not only kills bad bacteria but also good bacteria. So the um, mouthwash is actually associated with the cardiovascular disease. So, so that's the first thing to eliminate. Yeah. And then also, dude, you're
0: blowing my mind. You're like the <laughs> smartest orthopedic surgeon I've ever met. Once again, we'll get back to it. Yeah. The, the, in medical school, our big joke uh, was you take the, it's really hard to get into orthopedic yeah. surgery. You take the smartest person from med school, and by the time they become an <laughs> orthopedic surgeon, they're the dumbest. Yeah. You have done the exact opposite, man. Yeah, because you,
1: you don't really have to think about it, right? And, and you know, once we were, in, we were at the VA hospital uh, during the residency, uh, we had a patient, you know, who had an you know, um, uh, MI and we had got an EKG. We we're getting a med- medicine consult. And then they said, "Oh, we're too busy with consults. You guys are, you know, residents. You take care of it." And then we said, "Well, I think the patient have ST depression. Wait, wait a minute. I think we got the EKG upside down. <laughs> it's an elevation." And then the medicine resident said, "We'll be right there." <laughs> <laughs> so we try to forget about the medicine. But but, I
0: think but it's, you, uh, yeah. So that is. So I I went yeah. deep into the whole nitric oxide thing because I like to work out. Mm-hmm. I did it strictly because I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I'd like to get some more." And I, it, I was freaked out that it starts out that the bacteria has to convert the nitrate.
1: Yeah, nitrate into nitrite. Yeah, and and your saliva contains a significant amount of nitrate, and so uh, and then uh, your bacteria is on your tongue, converts it into nitrite, and when it goes into your stomach, your stomach has to be acidic enough in order to actually convert it into nitric oxide. So when patients are also on proton pump inhibitors. They said that's one of the most disservice that's done to the the large population and people on Nexium, Prilosec, because it it uh, doesn't make your stomach as acidic enough, but also the the proton pump inhibitors actually stimulates the the AMDA, which is inhibits the nitric oxide synthase, the enzyme that actually produces the nitric oxide. So the proton pump inhibitor also has a strong correlation with the heart disease. Also.
0: Oh my. God, so that's why there's the correlation?
1: Yes. Oh. Is, it's It's because it inhibits production of nitric oxide. That's where the correlation comes Dude,
0: from. I'm on PPIs. Yeah. yeah, I've tried to come off. I'm yeah. like all my patients. Yeah. I, I was end up on with it too. horrible heartburn. Yes. Like, I will sit there and just go, oh my yeah. gosh, screw this. I yeah. don't care if there's a slight risk of dementia, of a slight risk of coronary, coronary artery disease. I'm in a lot of pain. Pain trumps everything.
1: Absolutely. I was actually, at one time... I thought I was having a heart attack in the middle of the surgery. You had reflux? Because I had such a bad reflux. Wow. And so, and then, you know, I would stop surgery. Anesthesiologists would have to give me antacids so I can get back into surgery. No way. But once I went uh, whole food plant based, within three weeks, I used to sleep with three pillows. Within three weeks, it was gone. My seasonal allergy was gone. Uh, I lost weight. And then my reflux was completely gone.
0: If I can figure out a way to get my patients and myself Mm -hmm. off of a PPI Mm -hmm. that it's funny. There's always going to be one trigger that'll get somebody to pay attention. Right. Yeah. And it's the, it's the thing closest to home. Yeah. I, I, I steal the, um, samples that they give us Mm -hmm. and I just, I get terrified. The, The one thing I do whenever I travel, it's like, okay, I need to make sure that I have my, contact case, my glasses, mm-hmm. my PPI, and then everything else is kind of secondary. It's like, yeah. yeah, I'll buy underwear if I forget <laughs> underwear. I'll do whatever, but I need those yeah. three things. I need to be able to see, and I do not want that heartburn to come back. Yeah. Wow, Yeah. So, but nitric oxide.
1: Yeah, yeah so the, the one of the patients, uh, the group of people, we definitely recommend nitric oxide uh, a supplement. Uh, and the booster is people who are on PPI who can't seem to come off but Dang. they really do need to make an effort to do whatever is necessary to come off of it. That's and interesting.
0: So, yeah. so what what why, why why can't I just go to Walmart and just buy NO explode? What's what's unique about yours?
1: Yeah, so it's well uh, balanced because there's a two main pathways to nitric oxide gets produced. Number one is the endothelial pathway. And so you have to balance that along with the the nitrate nitrite pathway. Okay. So you know, for endothelial pathway may work well for if you're young and your endothelium is not damaged. So most of the products that you see in the market is really just geared towards endothelium. It's not balanced between the endothelium and nitrate, nitrite pathway. And so we were able to come up with the formula that balances the two, and so that you can actually elevate the nitric oxide uh, through the nitrate, nitrite pathway, and then so then you can increase the endothelial progenitor cells. So by also you know eating like dark green leafy vegetables, use this as a supplement, and then you know nutritionally increasing the, the nitric oxide that will help uh, start to repair the endothelium. Once you do that, then then the endothelium will function properly, and so so it's balancing the two. And most of the products out in the market are really geared towards young. Gym goers, you know who wants to grow their muscle, and then a lot of times they don't even make nitric oxide.
0: That's yeah. Everything is either arginine or citrulline.
1: Yeah, so you have to be, and we now know
0: that arginine really doesn't work. Yeah, right? I was listening to a podcast yeah. on that, where I went, "Oh my god, I've spent so much money." Yeah, because I have been taking. I'm that. I'm that. The the. I, I'm going to call myself an idiot. I will research the heck out of something for my patients, but I will knee-jerk if I'm yeah. like, oh, cool, I can work out harder? Yeah, yeah I'll take that well, that's and, not, it. Yeah. and not do my homework on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, doc, they, they said the doctors are the, wrong, uh, the, the worst patients, right? Yeah. But the, uh, uh, the, we used to think arginine does get converted to citrulline and makes the nitric oxide, right? Uh, so uh, in the beginning, most people thought, okay, if we give them arginine, it would work. However in order to make enough nitric oxide if you had intact endothelium you have to uh, each serving has to be about 10 grams Whoa. if you have 10 grams of uh, arginine most likely you are having diarrhea and so uh, you know yeah you may boost the nitric oxide a little bit but you're having diarrhea at the same time I think that would be a pretty significant side effect It's gonna affect the workout. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it's gonna definitely work out yeah you want to get workout. that yeah. <laughs> You want to get that PR on that deadlift or that squat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you don't want that. Yeah.
1: And so, uh, the better uh, uh, method would be boosting with the citrulline that it goes to the urea cycle, and so you don't have to have a high dose, and then that actually gets converted into arginine, and then that would actually make the nitric oxide. But you also want to uh, have the proper amount of cofactors, so cofactors such as a methylfolate, so the methylized activated folate, uh, ascorbic acid, and then... The, um, um, those, you know, um, uh, you, we also put in the pine bark extract, which actually stimulates the. Uh, I'm unfamiliar with that. Yeah, nitric oxide synthase, which no is the enzyme that me. actually produces uh, the nitric oxide, also can pass through the uh, blood-brain barrier, and so that it actually <laughs> stimulates the nitric oxide synthase within your brain also, and so that it increases the blood circulation in the brain as well.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. I have never come across that. I, yeah. I, I mean, I try and read a lot on this yeah. stuff. So, all right. So that's interesting. You put a lot of thought into your nitric oxide booster. You don't use citrulline or arginine. What do you actually use? No, we we,
1: uh, we do have citrulline in there. Okay. Um, because it, we also want to stimulate the uh, the endothelium uh, pathway as, oh, as well. Okay. All along with the prime bag extract, and also we have the the ingredients uh, to to stimulate the nitrate nitrite pathway. Along with the cofactors, awesome. so we have all the ingredients, and then also antioxidant is important because the the nitric oxide is a, um, a unstable um, uh, a radical, and so so then therefore we, we need antioxidant to to allow it to stay in there longer, and then one of the cofactors is actually uh, BH four, which actually gets stabilized by curcumin. Uh, the in the study have shown so we actually have curcumin and turmeric in the. Uh, our Neonox product as well. Oh, awesome. So
0: we've got the nitric oxide, and what else else do you have?
1: So we also have a neoantiox. As you mentioned, uh, inflammation is the root cause of most of the disease. And so we wanna help people keep the uh, inflammation down, as well as you also mentioned oxidative stress, right? And so people need to consume more antioxidant. Most of the antioxidants are in plants. And that's why you know plant based polyphenols, polyphenols, right? And so what we have found was uh, one of our main ingredients is amla, Indian
0: gooseberry powder, which is the the most powerful. I'm sorry, I just want to clarify. Amla is Indian gooseberry? Yes. Oh, I've always thought of them as different things. I have read about gooseberry Mm -hmm. and its ORAC potential Mm -hmm. and AMLA because we use that. I put that in my subscription box because of the anti-diabetic insulin-resistant effect.
1: It's the same thing. So you mentioned ORAC score. So we all know that blueberries has a high antioxidant uh, capacity, right? And so ORAC score-wise is about 4,500. And then the ginger, which we also know has high antioxidant um, capacity as well as it's anti-inflammatory, uh, which is about 49,000. And turmeric, which we know it's, it's like the king of superfood, right? But it has about 120,000 OREC score. Indian gooseberry is about 265,000. So it is by far the the most powerful antioxidant food on the planet. There's really nothing that's has more antioxidant capacity. And so, so we, we included the Emla, which is an Indian gooseberry powder, along with turmeric, uh, curcumin, which is the active ingredient, but you know, turmeric has about 300 active ingredients, and curcumin is the most well-known yeah. and most studied, mm-hmm. And but the, the study have shown that you want to have not just curcumin, because that's a one active ingredient, you
0: also wanna have the turmeric powder as well. I love, yeah. you put some thought into this. As somebody in the supplement yeah. industry, uh, you've put a ton of thought into it. That's exactly yeah. what we did when we researched every single ingredient for Teal. Three yeah. ingredients we source it. It's mm-hmm. pure. I look. I went to your website. I saw that you do all the things that we do also, which is GM, GMP facilities, yeah. uh, made in the USA. You yeah. know exactly where you source it. Yeah,
1: and these are all. And we also have a physician advisory board. And so this this is uh, uh, produced with uh, uh, the the thoughts and advices from all our advisors, and they they all practice lifestyle medicine, anti aging, longevity medicine. Um, and they're all. You know, it doesn't seem
0: like you need a whole lot more than you. You <laughs> seem to have this stuff figured out.
1: Yeah, but uh, definitely we wanted to do it with as a, a team effort. So yeah, I definitely
0: want to give them the the credit that they deserve as well. That is awesome. Yeah. And then what else did you bring? Some yeah. neo greens. What so are those?
1: Neo greens. And one of the things that we uh, recommend uh, to everyone is at least uh, eat thirty different kinds of plants every single week. So then you give diversity to your gut microbiome and. As you uh, you probably you know know so much more than I about the gut microbiomes and gut health, and but one of the things that we recommend uh, to people is eat thirty different kinds of uh, plants every single week, in order to maximize the diversity of gut microbiome. And I know it's difficult with busy schedule. And you know, average Americans consume about ten to fifteen grams of fiber per day,
0: right? We recommend eating 70 grams of fiber per day. 70? 70. Because it's not just, I mean, you've got soluble and insoluble. So just saying fiber, uh, a lot of times people will be like, I can't do that. I'll get so gassy. But you have to realize there's two different kinds of fibers. Two different kinds. And the vegetables really offer the insoluble fiber, which does something yeah. different, uh, which as works well as well as soluble, as well as soluble, yeah. and then they both do different things. Yeah. They feed, they feed the bacteria. They help you go to the bathroom. Yeah. They do different things, mm-hmm. but they lower the cholesterol. They mm-hmm. do all that stuff. Yeah,
1: and and most people initially will feel bloated. That's already a sign that they have, in my mind, core a uh, poor microbiome, right? Poor gut health. And they don't have the right type of diversity, right type of bacteria. That's why they're getting bloated. They have to get over that phase. So if they're bloated, we tell them, slow it down. Just go easy, right? Don't go from 10 grams to 70 grams overnight because you're not going to feel good. But also, one of the starter kit for uh, plant-based is actually toilet paper. (laughs) <laughs> you will go to the bathroom quite often, and which is actually good for you,
0: right? I want you to listen to. So, I, I mentioned a few of these people, but I've I've been on there. I've been on a lot of these podcasts, which is how I mm-hmm. become uh, uh, develop relationships. Chris Cresser had a Mayo Clinic gastroenterologist on, and you have to understand that the whole concept of the microbiome mm-hmm. and dysbiosis and leaky mm-hmm. gut, it's. The last people to show up are the academicians Mm -hmm. of my field. So he actually had a Mayo Clinic gastroenterologist on where he said, um, he's like, well, the whole concept of bacterial overgrowth, SIBO, Mm -hmm. may not be that it's as simplistic as bacteria growing where it Mm -hmm. shouldn't be. It's probably more relevant that we're not feeding Mm -hmm. them what they need so that they can diversify in the way that they want to be. Yes. We are limiting that. And when you look at the the, the plasticizer that we were talking mm-hmm. about, D-E-H-P, mm-hmm. they have linked that to a higher incidence of a clostridium species, which produces a chemical or a protein called p cresol mm-hmm. which has been linked to autism. Wow. So then we keep coming back to the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's... If your microbiome doesn't do what it should, it can do bad things against you. If you feed it, bad things. So if you give it the diversity. Mm -hmm. So this Mayo Clinic guy, like he blew my mind because it was – they're doing like MR – PCR analysis and all this other stuff and he said maybe we should be feeding the foods that people think are causing them the bloating and mm-hmm. maybe eventually the bloating will go away. Yes. That's exactly what you just said. Yes. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that is the, the main cause. So initial bloating doesn't mean you're you're allergic to the plant food or or beans or whole grains. You just don't have the, the diversity of microbiome in your gut. And But it can be changed. And so that's why we recommend people eating 30 different kinds of plants. And not everyone can do that consistently. And so so that's why we uh, developed Neogreens, which has about 35 different ingredients. It also has a probiotics. It has a digestive enzyme. But most importantly, it has a, you know fermented organic fruits and vegetables so they can digest it easily. But, again, I always stress that this is a supplement. But we want people to eat real food, right? Eat the real fruits Vegetables, whole grains, and beans, and nuts and seeds, right? And then they will begin to to repopulate their gut. And so our gut microbiome looks completely different than what it is in, you know, the Indians in South America, and then also Africans. Right? It's because in those countries they eat a lot more fiber, and and, and more, and they have a diversity of microbiomes, and that's why they don't have heart disease, diabetes. Although things are changing now, especially like in Africa, and then the obesity is rising. Heart, you know, uh, over ten years ago. Uh, heart disease was not even a top ten cause of death. Wow. Now it's number four. Wow. And stroke is number five cause of death, and the, you know, diabetes is rising tripled over the past ten years, and so uh, that's why we're importing you know, all these diseases to all these third world uh, developing countries. But um, but if people would go back and then st- stop eating processed food, if it comes in a box has more than few ingredients, you should put it down right and then shop along the the edges of the the grocery store right and eat real food right and then the, um, and not too much right and so that's one of the the best way to
0: to live long is you know decreasing the the calorie intake each day right dude i love everything that you're saying so uh, what's the name of your netflix special so we can watch this
1: <laughs> well this this podcast <laughs>
0: No, um, in all seriousness, you're, yeah. you're the name of your New York Times bestselling book that explains all this? Uh, we'll be working on it real <laughs> soon. Yes. So how can anybody yeah. connect with you? Oh, and yeah. by the way, uh, you're going to give us a code so anybody that's watching this can try some of your stuff? Yes. Put so in code GCP, gut check project, GCP?
1: GCP, and then the, everyone would get 15% off.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, how can anybody find you? How can they connect with
1: you? Yeah, so our website is neogennutrition.com. So as um, N E O G E N nutrition.com.
0: Awesome. All right, that was a chock full visit. Let's go ahead and close it down.